Welcome back to Those Happy Places, the podcast that treats theme parks, rides, and attractions like literature. I'm Buddy Duquesne. And I'm Alice White. And Alice... Yeah, Buddy? Guess what? What? We're sitting in the same room. Yeah, it's true. We are. We're sitting next to each other on my couch, even. Wow, it's uh, it's been a while. It's been a long time. I haven't seen you in... A, in... Since the last time we recorded in the same room, which was episode 12, I believe. Yeah, nine whole, well, I guess with this one, ten whole episodes ago. Wow. Uh, and for those of you who don't know, Alice lives in uh, Southern California. Yes. And I live in the Bay Area, California. Uh, Just far enough away that we don't get to see each other very much. Yeah, we, we do not commute to do the podcast. That would be a little silly. That's too much. So instead, we, uh, on special occasions, uh, manage to be in the same place at the same time to do things together. And now one of those things is recording a podcast. So here we are. Here we are. And uh, we spent our day, we got up nice and early, we spent our day at our favorite little theme park the little theme park that could the people's champ number Knott's one Berry farm. yep california's first theme park Knott's Berry farm love Knott's Berry farm. uh and and you know it is december 26th as we record this um and that means that Knott's Berry farm is actually still Knott's Mary farm <laughs> if you recall we've <laughs> talked in the past about Knott's scary farm uh which is their halloween themed uh, Knott's attraction, but this time it's Knott's Merry Farm. So they went all out for Christmas, decorations everywhere. According to what I read, it was the the most decorated year they've ever had. Like they actually did some of the rides to be more merry uh, with the lighting packages and things like that. Um, and it really was festive. It was festive. It was beautiful. They had uh, music playing in all of the different areas. There were the, carolers. There were carolers, Dickensian carolers in Ghost Town. Mm -hmm. We had um, they had uh, special treats and deals, and in fact, an entire Christmas market built yeah. right into the middle of the park. That's that's the special thing about Knotts is, uh, and this is part of what keeps bringing us back to Knotts over and over again, is that it is so connected to the community. So when they say we're doing a Christmas overlay for our theme park. What they mean is we're inviting local artists and artisans to sell their things and to demonstrate their craft right here at the theme park. Yeah, so built into Ghost Town, built into the theme park, they just add extra tables and booths and stuff out just in the, in the middle of the park, right next to the rides, right in between the normal knot shops. You can just wander around and, and, and have all of these local artists and craftspeople just uh, it, right there. Some of them were even making their art on site. They had a uh, a carpenter, uh, like a wood carver. Yeah, set up really intricate wood carving. It was really... with a with a with a, you know, with his saws and and everything. They had like a like a shelter almost to keep the sawdust contained. Yeah, it was like a like a shed with clear walls. So you could watch them at work. And yeah. One of them would come out and explain to people watching what was going on inside. And they also had the same thing, but for a glass blower. Glass blowing, which was a highlight to watch. It was really cool. I love watching glass blowing. It's just it's it's a beautiful craft. And so we sat there for several minutes and just several and just watched him at work. It was uh, it was really, really interesting. And then there was a little shop right next door where he was selling his homemade glass. It was really cool. And and, you know, we like to go to Knott's and just kind of hang out. 
Um, and we spent, what, about five or six hours there today? Yeah. Because it's just a small little theme park, like we've described it in the past. It's kind of a half-day park if you want it to be. Um, and we only went on about four actual rides. Yeah. Um, and Alice, after our last ride of the day, you came up with the idea for today's maybe mini-sode topic. Yeah, I'm not sure if this is a, a full hour-long episode topic, but uh, on the last ride of the day, we rode uh, the iconic uh, wooden roller coaster, Ghost Rider, which is a, a, a very important part of the, the landscape of the park. It's um, it, even the, the skyline of the park. It's a, it's a huge all wood roller coaster. Yeah, it's one of the largest and fastest wooden roller coasters, I think, ever anywhere. Yeah, I think when it was built, it probably was the fastest. Yeah, and, it, it, and it man, it really does book. It does. It, it was such an interesting ride. And, you know, we're we're not really a, a podcast that talks about roller coasters that that much. Right. The last time we talked about roller coasters was after a trip to Knott's. Um, but Ghost Rider is pretty well themed, I would say. Yes, it fits right. It's in the ghost town part of the park. Um, it's uh, it's kind of got a, a mine train like structure to it. It's all wood. It looks old. It uh, it blends itself really well into into the the, the park landscape. Um, but uh, this time, I mean, the line was so long. It was over two hour wait time. The line is always line. incredible because, at, at Ghost Rider. Yeah, the knots does kind of have a problem we were talking about with uh, load times and getting and uh, the the lines tend to get pretty long because I think they don't. Uh, have the, the capacity to to turn over uh, cars very quickly. Yeah, it's a weird phenomenon. It feels uh, almost anarchic. Like, <laughs> like you don't really have, you're not really told what to do, so you kind of just figure it out. Yeah, everybody kind of finds them finds their own way into whatever line they want and it's, yeah, it does it, it is an every man for himself kind of situation yeah. sometimes. But this time on Ghost Rider, we hopped in the single rider line. Yeah. Which I highly, highly recommend. Highly recommend single rider for Ghost Rider. I had never done that before. Um, so we were we went single rider. We ended up, though, being in the same car, just a few seats away from each other. Normally, I ride these rides with you by my side. Yeah. Um, and we laugh and scream and have a grand old time. But uh, this time, riding on the ride with you with a stranger next to me instead of you... Um, this is where I kind of got this idea. I didn't feel like I needed to, or like that I wanted to scream and, and laugh and make a, a bunch of noise while riding this ride, which got me thinking that it is that kind of reaction on a roller coaster is that kind of reaction that kind of, um, the, 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 the loud screams and the, the holding my arms up in the air is, is that kind of action uh, performative. Is it a reflex of that people just do when you're on a ride or are you doing it as a performance, uh, as a performance of enjoyment? Is it, I, I just, I got to think I had a great time, but I, I didn't scream on the, on the down. I, I giggled a little bit on like a, on a turn that got my stomach swooping and, but I didn't, um, like the little girl sitting right behind me that kind of in between us she was screaming her head off the whole time that's true i remember that it was her first time on the ride and she was with her older sister and their dad and i almost got the impression yes yeah, she was a little younger but i almost got the impression that the that the screen even when she was she was screaming even when we were barely moving like on the climb even yeah uh and even when we loaded in 
uh, it seemed like she was she was trying to show how excited she was. Yeah. Uh, how how maybe maybe how not scared she was. Yeah. Um, because she was like, yeah, we're we're on the ride. Uh, <laughs> and there was there was kind of a feeling that this was not for herself. Yeah, that she was doing it with her family, and then they were, and then on their on the drops, they screamed with her, and mm. they, you know, they they were all acting the same way. And I wonder how much of a of a reaction to a ride while you're on it is expected of mm. you. You drop, you scream. Uh, even the the one my one of my favorite rides at Knott's Berry Farm that you won't ride is um, Supreme Scream. It's I a tower tower drop. Not ride. about that tower drop life. So I just I just skip that one. I love a tower drop, and mm. so but that one is called Supreme Scream, and all of the um, the marketing behind it i remember when 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 they opened the ride um everything about it was about how terrifying it was so you scream really 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 loud mm. and that screaming is like um like cathartic almost but is it that you you do it because you're actually scared or um are are you performing a little bit what are do you, you think are you showing off um this is a this is an interesting question i have a theory uh, I think theme parks are communal entertainment, mm -hmm. much in the way, uh, say, going to the theater or going to the movie theater is communal entertainment. Uh, for example, if you watch a movie at home by yourself, you may enjoy the movie. In fact, you probably will enjoy the movie about the same amount as you would watching it in a theater. Mm -hmm. But you might not laugh as hard. You might not laugh as loud. Oh, you might not laugh as loud. Um, I spend a lot of time watching just like random videos on the internet. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, and I laugh to myself quietly, sometimes not even out loud. I, I exhale sharply uh, <laughs> when something really funny happens. Now, once in a while, I'll get a, a good chuckle, a guffaw going. But I normally laugh in the presence of others. Right. And does that make it, but like, does that make it fake or is it just different when you're around people? Do, do you do these things automatically, I guess, is the real question. Is it, is it almost because, because others are involved and we're all sharing it, do we just kind of subconsciously go, it's time to express how I feel about the situation? Yeah. Uh, whereas when you are just on your own, you don't need to express it because you're just in your own head about it. Yeah. So nobody, nobody else, there's no language to speak, uh, verbal or nonverbal. So the scream on a roller coaster, I think, and... Listen, listen to your your mind's ear for a moment. <laughs> Can you hear the roller coaster scream? Oh Cause, yeah, because there's like one scream, right? It sounds the same every time. Yeah, if you were to watch a a, a movie, the and they put in, you know, they put sound in in post production. Hmm. The sound of a roller coaster scream is standard. It's it's standard. You hear it and you're like, ah, oh, that that is a roller coaster scream. It's a scream of both enjoyment tinged with a little terror yeah i uh i wonder if we uh took a high quality microphone to knots and kind of held it up next to every big roller coaster drop if they wouldn't all sound really the same like like almost indiscernible from each other uh because i can hear the scream like yes. the roller coaster scream 
and we will not demonstrate it into this microphone. Well, I don't think we could. That's the thing. <laughs> I don't think it's like a, a noise I could make with my mouth. Um, and I don't think when you're on a roller coaster, you necessarily feel like let's all do the scream together. Right. But the scream comes out. It's almost its own thing. Like the scream has like a, like yeah. it, the scream will out. We will have <laughs> the scream. Uh, and I definitely noticed it a few times today. Mm-hmm. And I was, when you got us thinking about screams, thinking like, why that scream? Why that exact noise? And I think it has something to do with like the speed at which everything's moving and the, the clickety clack, clickety clack of the roller coasters. <laughs> um, and the maybe just the general makeup of voices of human voices like when you get 60 people together what do they sound like what is the like average frequency that they're that they're hitting yeah i'm sure there's some science behind it um but it just it struck me because sitting next to you on silver bullet right which is an amazing ride one of our favorites um we hooped and hollered and laughed and and giggled and screamed the entire time yeah and it's so funny because on that ride too we were near some particularly vocal riders we were sitting next to two very vocal riders who had never ridden the ride before yeah and they as as soon as the ride took off were like woo yeah wow oh my god like they were they were like reacting the whole time mm-hmm. and I got caught up in it. I absolutely got caught. It was very infectious, yeah. their, their joy. And but also the joy of sitting next to you, my best friend, on this roller coaster. Yeah. We shared this communal experience with each other. And I think that's that's something that's maybe kind of beautiful about theme park rides, is that there are very few situations in which you'll be on a ride alone. Um, in fact, I can actually not think of one where like you'd ride a roller coaster alone. Um, yeah, or... Uh, it, yeah, no, there, there, right. there are no single capacity roller coasters. You're on a train at least with a with twenty, thirty other people. Yeah, I mean, not at any major institutions I can think of. I'm sure there's a backyard somewhere with a one person roller coaster. <laughs> uh, but the 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 inability to ex- escape others means that you may never have a similar experience to watching a movie at home and just kind of ho-hum reacting internally to a roller coaster like that's not going to happen for you unless you're like obscenely wealthy um (laughs) and you own your own theme park and rent out your own roller coaster and right and then you could ride the train all on your own uh the those happy places patreon is open uh for (laughs) for those of you who want to give us that experience yes we we will not say no to that (laughs) what i'm saying is it's always going to be social and in the same way that live theater is always going to be social, uh, unless you have a again an obscenely wealthy uh, show for one thing right. happening, um, or you're at like a dress rehearsal and you're the only audience there or something. I just I think that wouldn't be any fun at all to sit in a theater or to I mean even in a movie theater to be alone in a movie theater. Yeah, it's it's a little novel, but like. I don't think I'd like that very much to, to, to be doing something that is normally social mm. alone. It was kind of like, I, I, I did enjoy writing ghostwriter a lot, but sitting with that stranger and not feeling the need to react and not screaming and laughing like I would have, I feel like it would have been a lot more fun if I could have sat, sat next to you, if I could have, you know, enjoyed that communal experience. And I wonder if that's, I mean, it's obviously not unique to theme parks, but like, why 
like other other than just like sheer jo- like joy of being near each other and and experiencing an adrenaline rush like what about this experience what about but being on a theme park ride with other people or going to a theme park with other people why does that why is that so so special why is that so important that's interesting i i was just thinking when you said that like what would it be like to go to a theme park alone it would be it would be horrible it would be rather dull i'm sure i'm sure there are people who enjoy it maybe maybe it's a, a way to get some alone time and just kind of relax in a nice place uh and and you know to be catered to and to, to seek thrills but i wouldn't do this show alone no and i would not go do research for this show alone even if i were the solo host i would i would be like i need i need somebody to take me to the theme park i need someone to come with me to the theme park (laughs) i have been living you know 20 minutes from knott's berry farm this whole time we've been making the show together Mm -hmm. um but I have not gone to Knott's Berry Farm by myself. It, it would be so easy for me. 20 minutes down the road, I can just jump in my car, go to Knott's, ride a couple rides, come home. And there's all sorts of great things there, Alice. Today we shared boysenberry beer. Yes, and it was so good. Uh, and you can go drink that whenever you want. I could, but I don't. Not by myself. I drag you. I drag my fiance. I drag my brother. I drag my mother. I drag, you know, I, I have not and would not go alone. I think there's a couple of reasons. Uh, maybe one is uh, you can't you can't always ride alone. I feel like that would feel weird to like stand in line alone, wait alone, uh, yeah. get on the ride alone, leave the ride alone. There's nobody like that you're looking for at the exit. I feel like missing a person for all of that would be really uh, uh, disorienting. Uh, yeah. it, it would feel it would feel very lonely and isolating uh, because the theme park is always going to be full of groups of people and to not have your own group uh maybe takes away from that you you don't get to feel that same you'll be alone in a crowded room right right and that's not a a feeling that most of us go actively searching for not really it's not and and we have so many um, so much of our society is built around being together being with other people encouraging social situations and of course everybody's got different levels of of social situations they they desire Mm. and there are so many options for all of those um the theme park is i think pretty unique as far as like volume of people the amount of people that you fit in one space sharing a communal thing i think the only thing i can think of that comes even close to that might be like a mega concert yeah, a huge band, like a very famous band playing together that's, where you're with a few thousand people in a stadium. That's interesting, though, because I could see buying myself one ticket to something like that. I have gone to concerts and, and, and to theater productions and stuff like that alone. Yeah, but I think that's that's the difference maybe between a theme park and other forms of entertainment is that uh, having a shared experience is maybe what we're after there. Right. It's not just a shared consumption of media. I'm not just there to watch the theme park rides. I'm there to ride them. Sure. Because if I if I see a production of Hamilton in San Francisco and you see one in Los Angeles, it's the same show. And it happens for us in front of us without us uh, interacting with it. Right. We sit and we cheer at the appropriate times. Another social thing that we do. Yes. But 
I don't need help to know that, I guess. <laughs> I don't need to know how much fun I'm having from other people. Uh, I'll take it in and enjoy it myself. Right. And I think maybe that's kind of the other thing is like being able to share that we went on Ghost Rider together. And after the ride all, we had to, to, to it was something we had to talk about. And like, that, oh man, that second drop that though. That third drop though. <laughs> uh, and we were talking even about the way that the cars uh, felt, the way they were kind of characterized. Yeah. And, the, yeah. Let's talk about that one for just, a second. Just like for a, a moment, sidebar as really an aside. Fast. Can you step into my office? <laughs> we're in my, we're in my we're house. We're in your this office. This is my office. Well. Um, walk into my office and, um, <laughs> And let's talk about this Ghost Rider, uh, the car situation, because you yeah. were absolutely right. The the uh, Ghost Rider, like the logo and the the paint work on the side of the barn building and on even the side of the cars is of a, a ghostly horse and rider. And the ghost is, or the, the horse is like charging forward mm. with his with his nose and his like foaming mouth. Um, it's all very like, a, it, it's all very, um, active uh it's got this like moving energy to yeah, even the art and the art itself has this feeling of speed that you're you're going to be doing something kind of reckless yes and the cars feel like that also the, you're in like a mind train basically yeah i mean that's that's certainly the style they were going for but it still feels like the train itself is pro maybe propelling itself forward down the track like yeah. with a with that kind of uh, aggressive energy. Yeah, the way I described it was almost that it, it felt like it was uh, attacking the track. Like it, yeah. it wanted more track. It kept it kept going faster down it. Um, and I don't know if that comes down to the way that the ride is uh, constructed. Maybe the because I know that these are new cars. Yes, they did a, a remodel not that long ago, right. uh, where they they cleaned up the track. For a while there, we wouldn't ride Ghost Rider because every time we walked off of it, we had terrible headaches and that's, from the shaking that's a, and quirk of the the wooden frame sure and it was really bad and and they've they've smoothed it, it out they, they, figured they it smoothed out. it up a little bit they got a new car and an, i think a, a pieces of the track are brand new yeah so it's not quite so rickety yeah uh but the, there's still this feeling about the cars that felt really unique it felt it felt characterized i didn't and, just feel like i was on a roller coaster i felt like the roller coaster had a personality yeah and and that's so weird because i mean Alice, this didn't have like a pre-ride video about like the legend of the Ghost Rider. It didn't have any lore or any hype. I mean, you look at the roller coaster, it speaks for itself. It's this big wooden behemoth. It almost shouldn't be. Like you shouldn't make things like this out of wood. Um, right. it it's almost enormous. It almost feels wrong when you look at it. That's part of what makes it so cool. Um, so that we kind of got that message from like, a painting and then just kind of by riding the ride that we got this like feeling of the of the ride's character and how it how it is is really impressive that they have they have this level of characterization going on so yeah i love it i'm it's, really impressed by it i'm i'm so glad that we wrote we we didn't write it all year because the lines were always so long and or it was too early in the day and we didn't want to get a headache right but now we didn't. I mean, it's so much better now. No, I'd, I'd write it. Painless. I'd write it several times. And that's. I mean, I, I know that's not glowing praise for a roller coaster. <laughs> like, oh man, what a painless experience. I, I don't hurt at all. But like, really, this is a huge upgrade for Ghost Yeah, <laughs> it used to be painful. Yeah. And now it's it's glorious. Now it's actually just fun. So, uh, but Alice, we only have that conversation. We're only able to say that because 
we wrote it together. Yeah. And if we hadn't, if we had gone on separate days and waited in line separately or not shared the experience at all, then there wouldn't be much of a, like, how do I explain to you about a ride you haven't been on? It's hard to put it in words. Yeah, you can't. You you would need some point of comparison. You would, but if even comparing it to other wooden roller coasters, I wouldn't be able to describe why it was different or special or worth visiting. Um, and and even just talking about it, even if if you had gone on a totally separate day and then I went several days later by myself, we could say, oh yeah. I do really like that ride. That ride is really good. But the details of our shared experience and walking off of the ride together going, oh, wow, that was so much fun, informed our current discussion and informs how we consider the ride now from now on. Yeah. And and I don't think that's performed. No. I think that that is like a genuine, you must have done it this way in order to experience it that way. So yes. In order to be able to talk about it this way, right? It's authentic, not yeah. performative. Yeah, and I, I, I know that uh, sometimes um, your reaction can be heightened by social situations, um, and I think that's because we uh, we want to tell each other about things, and that's that's what like human beings do. That's part of what makes us us. Uh, and when you're just doing them alone. You don't have the need to do that, so you just kind of mute your response. But I don't think that makes them fake. It just makes them heightened, stronger? Maybe. I, I mean, when, when you laugh harder at a movie that you see in a theater than when you see it at home, some of that might be the novelty. You tend to see movies in theaters first. Right. But if even like an old movie, you go see it in a theater, there's something special about the crowd laughing together. Uh, there's something special about like everybody gasping at once at a at a critical moment. Sure. And I think that's that's not because like, oh man, that really like I we all gasped together because we like all wanted to show each other how surprised we were. Mm -hmm. I think it's because it's kind of like you get lost in the in the, in the exchange of information in that moment. Yeah. You just kind of go like. Oh, we all feel this way, and and your brain maybe even kind of jumps ahead to like, how is everybody else feeling? How can I show them how I'm feeling? And kind of does that for you. It's like the difference between going to see the Star the new Star Wars movie at midnight on opening night with a bunch of other Star Wars fans versus going to see it three or four weeks later in the middle of the day with everyone's grandparents who are like, oh, I heard about that cool Star Wars thing. <laughs> Which I have done. Um, <laughs> it's funny because I was actually thinking about Star Wars. Yeah. Like, we're a year away from this thing I want to share with the world. I want to share. I don't just want to share with the world. I want to share how I feel. I want to know how others feel. I want to know about this, about the community around this, this final Star Wars movie. Yeah. I mean, if I only wanted to see Star Wars, if I just want to see it someday... I don't think it's that big of a deal to wait a couple of months and watch it on Blu-ray or whatever. But I want to see it in theaters so bad because it's going to be like a moment. Yeah. It's going to be like this thing that's never going to come back. It's this this once in a lifetime thing. And we all got to be there for it. Mm -hmm. And 
if I'm not there with everybody else and I go watch it on my own and don't have that. Your story later of talking about how, how when, where you were the first time you saw that Star Wars movie isn't going to be like anybody. Like everybody that went opening night is going to have this shared experience yeah. of being fans together, of, of like experiencing something new together for yeah. the first time. And you can be like, oh yeah, I watched it. Yeah. And I like, you could have liked yeah, it just as could, much. I could, I could, I'm sure I will quite enjoy the film no matter how I take it in the first time. But there is something very special about about sharing something. Yeah. So I guess at the end of the day, what it comes down to is I, I want to I wanna be able to share things with other people. And when I scream on a roller coaster, it's not just because it makes my stomach feel weird, <laughs> which is part of why I scream. That's like when I go, whoa, and like, that's when I'm excited and, and I start to, yeah, that's the noise I make. It's very accurate. <laughs> um, but see, I can replicate it, but it, but it doesn't make it less genuine. I'm feeling that way, so I make that noise, so you know I'm feeling that way. And then when you make that noise too, I know you're feeling that way. Yes, that, yeah. And that's just how, that's how it be. <laughs> I guess there's not really a conclusion to this so much as... as is doesn't it feel good? Isn't it nice to share an experience together, like recording a podcast sitting next to you <laughs> rather than online from half a state away? It's funny that, that proximity really does seem to make a difference. Uh, even though I think we've got really good online flow. I think we I think we've nailed it. We've yeah. really got it. But but being able to sit here and just kind of, you know, wax poetic about how great theme parks are is its own kind of special. It's its its own like thing. We are sharing this. Yeah. And you can see my hand movements. And before I just had to imagine them. <laughs> <laughs> Which, you know, it couldn't be that hard. But <laughs> I know you very well. Um So I guess it's it's really it's it's it, they're related ideas. Sitting here recording this podcast with you versus sitting next to you on a on a theme park ride or and and then the opposite, doing these things separately. Um it's about intimacy and and togetherness and community and those things are really really important and speak to what's important for human beings and so that the theme park and the theme park ride and attraction is um is it has become extremely important to to humans to humanity to our to our to our culture and our in our beings yeah our shared experience as it were and and it that we all decide, I mean, Alice, it's the day after Christmas <laughs> and to talk about togetherness and social experience experiences and things like that and sharing things and being near others. I mean, this is a time of year when many people are focused on that. Many, many dread it, I guess. Uh, it can be a stressful time. Um, and yet I think what keeps bringing people back to things, even when some traditions are maybe not exactly what they love or what they're after, is the kind of this feeling of like just trying to get together and trying to share something. Um, and maybe this is too deep for this podcast episode. No, I don't think so. I think that, but, but that kind of thing you can do, you can find it at a theme park. You can find it with your friends or your family or, you know, or the people that you choose to be your family. Hmm. That kind of, that, that, that intimacy and, and connection is really important. Yeah. And, and it's something that, that every culture has some version of and and it can be 
yeah, family family can be your best friend going to a theme park with you and just riding a couple of roller coasters and sharing a slice of pie. That that could be family. Yeah. And it, it's so funny because uh, the other thing I was going to say is it's the day after Christmas, and this must have been one of the busiest days we've ever seen at Knott's Berry Farm. It was really crowded, yeah. And I think there's another thing where, where people kind of make it into, make these big social areas into also very personal ones. One of my favorite things from today was we spent some time in the Calico Saloon. Yes, and we did. it was very near to empty, which is weird because the park was so full. Um, but it, just being able to sit and and quietly chat and and kind of like somehow find an oasis in all of this madness, um, and to drink poisonberry beer, which again Ugh, highly so recommended, uh, it was it was its own kind of special too. It, it was it was a, another way to find uh, a shared experience, uh, a special not an everyday sort of place where we could hang out and chill and, and just kind of be uh, also and be surrounded by cool Old West theming. Um, <laughs> so I guess I guess what I'm trying to say is there's so many different ways to share things, so many different ways to share experiences and to uh, tell each other about experiences and things like that. And I think theme parks have a, a really interesting language of that uh, and almost... A unique way of being that way, and a, a unique set of offerings in that way, I guess. Yeah, yeah. It, the the fact that not everybody has their own theme park, and that we don't all get to have like our own theme park to just have with our, you know, your own self or your family. You, you can, have to go to a theme park and share it with others. You can carry a movie theater in your pocket, Alice. <laughs> But, <laughs> but you wouldn't download a car. <laughs> but you wouldn't download a roller coaster. But you can't do that. You can't do it privately. You, you've got to do it. Publicly. You've got to share it with others. And that's special. That is special. Um, and you know what? I'm really glad that we talked about this. I, I feel like this conversation about theme parks as as society, as togetherness, as, uh, you know, and it's not just appropriate for this conversation about about Knott's Berry Farm and its place in the community which we've talked about of course but um I guess I'm maybe I'm feeling a little nostalgic it's the time of year it's almost the new it's almost the new year we've been doing this for almost a full year almost one entire year and and to end this year I think this will be our, our last episode of 2018 to end this year on a note about togetherness and about friendship and about family uh, of whatever sort you have or want um to to put a little bow on on 2018 with a uh with an episode like this it's uh it's nice it i think is. i think it's it's thematically appropriate <laughs> yeah i mean at the beginning of the year we we told ourselves that this would be the year of collaboration uh as as the mcelroys uh did predict it was collaborate team collaborate team and we are stronger together uh and if we hadn't embarked on this journey uh way back in we started planning in january mm -hmm. then we wouldn't be sitting here right now having this really good conversation about a thing that i don't think people are talking about enough uh, that we get to share this this new thing that we kind of discovered together that that we only happened upon because your brain got rattled around by Ghost Rider. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
And and that's what makes this show special, and that's why this episode of this show is special. Because here we are, and a, a, a happy new year to you, happy, Alice. Happy new year, buddy, and thank you. Cheers. Cheers. Thank you for, for sharing this with me, and thank you, listeners. Thank you so much for listening to the show for, for almost a, a whole year now. An entire year, and for... there are more of you than ever, somehow. <laughs> you... You few, you happy few, you <laughs> you carved out several hours of your lives to share this conversation with us and to 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 give any part of of, of your valuable time to listening to our goofball voices talk about theme parks is is really 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 special. It's incredible, and whenever I think about uh, the fun interactions we've had, the friends we've made along the way. Uh, special shout outs to everybody on the discord um and and just all of the great things we've done not necessarily because anybody told us to or asked us to or but because, paid us to or paid us to but because we wanted to and and really kind of because we we said to ourselves i want to know more when yeah. we, we went looking for more and we found more i think every time we went looking for it yeah um i've learned so much this year not just about theme parks but about uh, about all of the properties that we've done. I've, I've learned more about, about media and culture and society, about podcasting, about <laughs> marketing, and about you and about our and our friendship. And that's you, buddy, I talk about you, but also you, the listeners. <laughs> I've, learned, I've just learned so much this year and we spent so much of, of 2018, uh, you know, collaborating and, and, and trying to carve something good out in this world. I know yeah. things aren't always great and are often not. Yeah. Um, but to to focus a little bit on positivity and about something that brings joy to people and it, try to put some sense into it. Why does this bring us joy and why do we want to learn more? Um, has, I think, um, has changed us changed changed our our lives a little bit yeah and it's only year one we can do this forever if we want to <laughs> have no fear we've got content for years <laughs> uh i hope so i hope so because this has been a great year and i want to thank you one more time alice thank you buddy thank you cheers again cheers cheers oh man such slushes <laughs> well alice it seems like our conversation on performativity and social relationships and theme parks has come to an end that's right. The conversation here comes to an end, but it continues on the internet. You can find us both on Twitter. I'm at Buddy underscore Duquesne. Remember, Duquesne is spelled D-U-Q-U-E-S-N-E. And I'm at Alice White, T-H-P, for those happy places on both Twitter and on Instagram. Oh, wow, you're on Instagram? I am. Alice, I believe I saw you posting some photos from today to the Instagram. I did. I posted some really nice pictures of our trip to... Knott's Berry Farm and to Independence Hall, uh, which, which was a, a small trip we made at the beginning of the uh, the beginning of the day. Yes, I think that that might get its own its own episode. Maybe a mini sode. A mini sode. Um, and uh, yeah, I've been posting pictures all over Instagram, and we're always uh, having conversations about about theme parks and things that we like on on Twitter, and especially having these conversations on our Discord server. Yeah, those happy places Discord which you can find out more about by finding each of us on Twitter, where we usually post a link to it about once a week. So follow us on Twitter, and then eventually you'll see 
the Discord link pop up on there. And yes. if you do one thing to support the show this week, please, please let it be joining the Discord. Yes, it's a, it's a, it's an awesome time. We have a, a whole series of really good conversations about not just about theme parks, but about theme park foods and about, um, about other just general conversations, general about, muckery about our lives, and and we're making really good friends there, and everyone's yeah. been been really great. Uh, hey everybody, this is Buddy Duquesne. Um, so we lost the last part of the intro, so I'm just going to finish it here. Uh, the music that you're hearing right now was provided by Kevin McLeod, uh, and you can find all of his music at incomptech.com. Uh, Kevin is a great, very great composer uh, who did all sorts of amazing work and continues to make all sorts of great uh, music free and available for podcasters and YouTubers and other artists. Uh, he did the entire soundtrack of the Kerbal Space Program, which is a great game. Uh, later, you will be hearing the uh, end music uh, that is our theme song. It's Golden Gate by the California Feet Warmers featuring Phil Alvin. You can find the Feet Warmers and all of their work at www.CaliforniaFeetWarmers.com. And we thank our lucky stars every episode for their music because it is perfectly indicative of the tone of the show. So we love it. Um, let's see a couple of shout outs. First, TH Ponders, who co-produces uh, Alice White's other podcast. It's called Rogue Fun, a podcast story. It's all about Rogue One, a Star Wars story. It's one of my favorite podcasts in the world. Uh, and you should go listen to it right now. Uh, look them up on Twitter at Rogue Fun Pod. Um, as for me, I've got another podcast coming out soon. It's called Lemmy Mash. It is all about musical mashups and the unique emotions they can evoke. I hope you enjoy that. I think that covers everything. So I just want to say thank you one more time for listening to our wacky little podcast project. And as always, thank you for listening, and we hope you return to those happy places. 